Blog Talk Radio. Oh, let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord right now. Oh, we love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord.
Welcome to this show. All glory, all power, all honor goes to God. Oh, here comes our cat, Melody. <laughs> she always knows when we're about to start the show because she comes in here. She hasn't been in here, and now she's in here to give God all the glory and praise. Let everything that has breath give God praise. Um, welcome to tonight's show. I am your host tonight. Terrence is working. So it's me. Tonight is March 29th. 2023 at 7.06 p.m. Central Standard Time. And again, welcome to tonight's show. Give me one moment here. Let's get something together. All right. And welcome, welcome. I don't know if you guys have been listening to um, the show, to Randy's shows um, beginning on Monday, but they have just been on fire. And he's been talking about something that we all need to really get deep into our spirit, which is people reap what they sow. Um, And even when people come against us, we have to remember that and be mindful of the seeds they're trying to put in us, right? And the seeds that we sow. (laughs) Because a lot of the times, the enemy is using them. Well, all of the time, the enemy is using them. And they don't know that. You know, when people come against you, most of the time, they think they have a valid reason. They know not what they do. And so we tend to fight the person, right? Because that's just human nature. But the word of God teaches us that our fight is never with flesh. It's with principality, wickedness, and high places, right? And so we have to be mindful of that. And we have to know what the root cause is which is the, the, the devil, the enemy, and we need to go into prayer and we need to spiritually fight it and ask God to give us practical ways how to combat it in the natural where, where we're not fighting the person, right? Because we don't just sit back and take abuse or take, you know, ill treatment or lies or whatever, but we ask God, what do we do? How do we handle it? Um, but at the same time, we know that the, where the source is, the source is the devil and we fight the devil. But 
the scripture that he's been on um, was talking about no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against your judgment you will condemn. And we tend to not remember that part. Um, we need to condemn those tongues that rise against us in judgment. So I want to read this scripture to you. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, Isaiah 54, verse 17. And it says, No weapon that is formed against you will succeed, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you will condemn. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. Okay, let's read that again. Let's read it in King James, because that's my sweetheart's favorite. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Okay, let's read out one more version. Let's do NIV, which is the New International Version. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. This is our heritage, okay? Somebody might say, what's heritage? Let's look it up. Let's look up heritage. Property that is, that is or may be inherited, right? Special or individual possession, um, heritage also means Christians or the ancient Israelites seen as God's chosen people. So even the secular uh, uh, definition recognizes heritage being God's chosen people. So this is our heritage. This is what God's chosen people, this is their vindication. Let's read it one more time, okay? No weapon that is formed against you will succeed, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you will condemn. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. Right? Because the Lord says, we know in Scripture, the Lord says vengeance is his, right? Because we're always trying to vindicate ourselves. But vengeance does not belong to us, right? So we don't have the right to, to try to avenge. That's, that belongs to the Lord because he avenges how he sees fit. He vindicates you how he cease to vindicate you because God is all-knowing. We only know bits and pieces. We know surface things unless God grants us insight or knowledge or understanding about a situation. But we can view things and even experience things with limited capacity where God is all-knowing. So this is our heritage, that no weapon formed against us will succeed. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we we, we can condemn it, right? This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. So as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as part of the flock, as part of the fold, as the righteousness of God, as one who serves Jesus and is covered by the blood of the Lamb, when opposition comes to you, the weapon that formed against you is not going to succeed. And you have the right to condemn every tongue, every single one, every tongue. It don't say some of the tongues or limited tongues with a little asterisk and it tells you the, the limitations and conditions that apply. No, every tongue 
that rises against you in judgment. And then again, it says this peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is how you get peace. This is how this this is the righteousness of you. This is how you get security and triumph over opposition. Because trust me, I know how it feels to be uh, unwilling, or or rather a uh, uh, yeah unwilling opponent. But there I am as an opponent. Somebody's opposing me, right? So now I have opposition. I have to deal with this opposition. So I can take peace of knowing that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? What is a weapon? Let's look, let's look at it. Because sometimes people say that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And it's not even a weapon that's forming against them. It's their harvest that's rose up, right? Their harvest done sprang forth and they're calling it a weapon. And it's not a weapon. It's their harvest. So let's not get it confused. Let's look at what is a weapon, okay? Because it don't say your harvest is not going to prosper. It says no weapon formed against you, okay? So let's look at weapons. So we can have true understanding of what the word of God is saying. Okay. So we're going to go to Merriam-Webster because that's my favorite. Okay. Something used to injure, defeat, or destroy. Such as, and it gives examples, a club, knife, or a gun, right? Then it says means of contending against another. Okay. So that's what a weapon is. It's out to injure, defeat, or destroy you. So if somebody, right, because no weapon, nothing that's formed against you to injure, defeat, or destroy you will prosper. No weapon, right? Because when you spring forth your harvest, right, when your harvest comes, it, it doesn't come to injure, defeat, or destroy you, right? Your harvest, your harvest is a result of your seed. But as a believer, we have a promise from our Lord that says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So even when you have sown a bad seed and things might come to cause you some conflict, right? It's not going to, uh, it's, it's not designed to injure or defeat or destroy you because that's not even the characteristics that God uses for his people. He doesn't injure us. He doesn't defeat and he doesn't destroy his people. So even if we set a chain of events that can do those things, those things are not going to prosper. But God will use your harvest to teach, train, right, to, to edify, to give you understanding, to give you knowledge, to give you wisdom, right? So he'll, he'll work it out for your good. But you still don't have to work it out, right? Your harvest doesn't go away. And you can't just speak that and, and proclaim it a weapon and it's, it's not a weapon. Right, because things are what they are. We don't. We, we we do have the ability as believers to 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 get agreement with God, and to God will tell us what to speak. Right, to, to so that we can uh, connect our faith with His will. But we don't have the ability to just make something out of nothing, or or to to, to change what something actually is. So just because you're calling something a weapon doesn't mean that it's in fact a weapon. Right, it could very well be your harvest that sprang forth. I don't think Terrence is confused. He's calling me, and then he texts me and said, "You decide not to do the show." Let me see. Let me see if he called the right number. 
<laughs> Let me just do a test call too to make sure, because I'm pretty sure you all can hear me. I think he just might have called the number that Randy uses now versus this uh, former number. Let me just see. Said he called in. Okay, test, test, test. I can hear myself. I don't think he called the wrong number. Hold on, you guys. Let me give him the right number. I'm going to let him know. You are disturbing my message, sir. Maybe he wants to call in so I can unmute him so he can do the show, too, with me while he's out. So, yeah, again, it could be a harvest, right? And, and Randy spoke about that, that we need to be mindful of our seeds because you're still going to reap your harvest. The word of God is clear. Let's read it. Let's read. What does the word of God say about reaping and sowing? Okay. Let me see if Terrence called in. I think that's him. <clears throat> Terrence, if that's you, I was in the middle of my word, and then you called, and then you text. <laughs> you break my concentration. So now I know what you're talking about when you say, sometimes if I jump in, and, okay, you say he's going to just listen, and then you lose your train of thought, that was me, because I'm thinking something's wrong, because I'm like, surely he knows I'm doing the show. He wouldn't be calling in, but there was just some uh, misunderstanding. So let's go to Galatians 6, 7. Okay? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. Okay? Do not be deceived. Now, people, some people get it confused. They think because they are a believer that reaping and sowing doesn't apply to them because God's going to protect me and this, that, and the other. Guess God protects you. And you know how God protected you? By giving you the scripture. That's protection. God said, don't be deceived, right? Because if you couldn't be deceived, the word of God wouldn't tell you not to be deceived. Then goes on to say, God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. This is the protection. You don't get to go out, sow horrible seeds, treat people like dirt, lie, scheme, scam, and eight other terrible things, and then say, oh, no, because I'm a child of God and, and no weapon. For no, oh, no, no, no. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You're going you're gonna to reap it because the word of God says it. And God is not like man that he should lie. You don't get to hide behind your, 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 your salvation and think that you are absolved from any responsibility for the things that you do. You're going to reap what you sow. Now, God will make it work out for your good, but you're going you're gonna to pay the consequence of that. Right? Because God, God disciplines those he loves. So that's not a weapon, right? If you have children and you discipline your children, you're not trying to destroy them or injure them or, or harm them. 
Discipline is a, a tool used for correction and so that you can get it together. It, 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 it might hurt, though, right? So just because it hurts doesn't mean it's designed to damage you or harm you or destroy you or even injure you. It's designed to, to, so that you can have a full understanding, right? Because foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but that rod, it takes it out, that foolishness. So just because something hurts doesn't mean that it's a weapon because a weapon has, has, has a distinct characteristics and qualities and, and it has a designed end to damage or destroy or to injure. But the word of God says that God knows the plans that he has for us, plans for our good. So what good is it to injure or destroy or, or harm us? That's not, that, that, that's not the characteristics of God. So just because you're reaping your harvest doesn't mean that you get, oh, no weapon for us to give me your fuck. That's not a weapon. That's you was deceived and you thought God could be mocked. And now you're learning that he won't be mocked. So now you're going to reap that harvest. And guess what? You've also learned your lesson because you saw the word in action that this doesn't, this, if, if this didn't apply to believers, it wouldn't probably even be in here. Or it would be directed and say, hey, um, when, when the world reaps or, or sows, the world will, 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 well, when the world sows, the world will reap. It doesn't say that. Let's read it again. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, none, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. And then when, when the word of God says, man, don't women don't think, oh, no, that's only for the men. Uh-uh. When, when the word of God is saying man, it's meaning mankind. So that includes you. So don't think that this only applies to men because people, people try it. They try to get out of stuff. They, they'll try any angle. We're not doing that. So if you sold it, you're going, you're going to reap that, that what you sowed. That and that alone, that's the harvest that you're going to get. So we're, we know that this is not the weapon, right? So weapons are things that somebody forms, right, against us to injure, destroy, harm, to take us out. Those are not going to prosper. doesn't say they're not going to form. says they're not going to prosper. So we have peace in that. We can... You know, and sometimes it's scary because all weapons aren't created equal. Some weapons are physical weapons. Some weapons are, you know, your reputation or it could be anything. Somebody trying to harm your mental well-being or your, 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 uh, your job. There's just all sorts of things, all sorts of weapons that people can use that, again, they have the same characteristics. Those are not going to prosper. So this is something that Randy's been teaching on. And if you haven't been listening, I highly recommend you go back, listen to Monday show and listen to Tuesday show so that you get an understanding how things work, how God works. Because sometimes you're, you're, you are in a, a season where you're being antagonized or being attacked and the enemy will use that to weigh you down, right? To, to try to get you into a state of depression to try to get your focus on what is going on with you, but get your focus on the word. What does the word have to say about it? That, that should always be your go-to, no matter what you're facing. What does the word 
have to say about this because that's the truth of the matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. The truth is the word. And that's what's going to give you peace because if you focus, whatever you focus on is going to be magnified. So we need to be focusing on what does God have to say about things. And we need to be mindful of our seeds. We need to, we need to put the, the word of God together because, again, somebody's coming against you, right? They're forming a weapon against you. It feels like it's going to prosper, but the word of God says it's not going to prosper, right? This is part of your heritage as the righteousness of God. This is, this is God's way of vindicating you. This is the peace that you could partake in. Then we know the word of God also says that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principality, wickedness in high places. So we're not trying to beat the person up, right? Yes, there, yes, God, that's I mean, yes, that's what the, who the devil's using, right? That's the Pinocchio, that's the marionette, that's the puppet. But if you don't like Puppets, me personally, I don't like puppets, like legit don't like puppets or marionettes or whatever you want to call them, those things on a string. They're creepy looking to me. I don't like puppets. And the enemy uses people just like God uses people. The enemy is always trying to copy God, right? Anything God does, he he has a counterfeit version of, of how he does things too. And so just like how God uses people, the enemy uses people. So if I don't like puppets, and here comes one of the enemy's puppets, right? Little, little, it looks like a puppet. It has strings and stuff. And I go and I cut all the strings off the puppet, and I get a mallet, and I destroy the puppet. And then I wash, wash my hands of it. Yay, the puppet's gone because I hate puppets. I done threw it in the dumpster and went about my day. Guess what? The enemy's just going to get another puppet because the puppet wasn't the source of what was going the, the puppet was just collateral damage. All the enemy's going to do is get another puppet to dance this little puppet dance. That I, and like I say, I don't like puppets. And pull its little strings in front of me so I can shiver in me timbers and be like, oh my gosh, ew, I hate puppets. And if I destroy that puppet, guess what? Another puppet is going to come. Another puppet. So if I don't like puppets dancing in front of me because I don't like puppets, I can't just keep destroying the puppets because it's the person that's pulling the strings. It's the puppeteer. So if I chop their hands off, now even if they found another puppet, they can't pull their strings. So this is why we have to look at things. You're fighting the wrong thing. If you don't want the puppet to dance, you got to get the puppeteer out the way, not the puppet itself. If you don't like uh, even soft puppets, you don't just pull the sock off the puppeteer's hand because all they're going to do is put a different sock on it. You got to understand what you're fighting. Because you can fight that person, you can fight them, and you could defeat them. Guess what? The enemy's just going to find somebody else because you haven't fought in the spirit. You haven't gone to the source. So we have to remember that. We don't, we don't, wrestle with flesh and blood, but principality and wickedness in high places, so we have to spiritually fight. And then another thing we have to remember is this scripture, that we're going to reap what we sow. Because a lot of times the enemy, he's doing things, it's, he's out to what? Kill, steal, destroy. So he's not just trying to do one. He, he, he's trying to do all of those things. 
So he's going to use that person to antagonize, try to disturb your peace, right? Try to get you out of your faith, right? Try to get you out of the will of God. But another thing he's trying to do, he's trying to get you to sow bad seeds because he knows the word. He knows you're going to reap it. He knows you have the power to sow a seed and reap it. And he knows how human emotion works. We've seen it time and time. You read the word and you see people getting caught up in their feelings and making emotional bad decisions. So he tries to play on that because there's nothing new under the sun, right? Even when you look at history, I love looking at history. I love studying history. It's the same issue that's been plaguing mankind since the beginning of time. There's not new issues because <laughs> it's coming from the same place, the same things that are broken in mankind, pride, ego, vanity, all that. It's just coming from the same stuff. Maybe it manifests different, but the source is all the same, the same flesh thing. Same flesh problems. So he knows people. He's been studying us for a very long time. And he knows that people tend to feel justified when they do the wrong thing towards people who have done the wrong thing towards them. Right? Because it, it's just new terms, same thing. Right? People, you might go get some advice from somebody who has absolutely no godly wisdom. But they're cool with you, right? You've known them for a long time. They're not a, a, a immoral person from what you can see. And you'll say, man, this person, I'm so sick of their attitude, and they this, that, and the other, and they yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And they'll tell you, you should match energy. If they're doing it to you, you should do it to them. Do it back. Give them a, or, or what is it? Give them a taste of their own medicine. There's all these different terms that, you know, they're new, right? They're new to this generation. But it's the same thing. Because us, we were, in, in my generation, we were told to give people a taste of their own medicine. But this generation calls it matching energy. And I'm sure the generation prior to mine called it something else. But it's the same thing. And so you, you feel justified because people are backing you. Yeah, you should you know, do to, do to them what they're doing to you. When it's doing to others as you want done unto you, not do unto others as they are doing to you. That's that's not what it says. Right? Where God says to to to, to love those who despitefully use you. <laughs> Pray for your enemies. But you're too busy. They antagonize you, so you antagonize them back. Because you feel justified in it because don't start now, won't be none, right? Because that's what the world will t- tell you. Well, they came messing with you. Oh, well. And these are things that the, the enemy takes advantage of because he knows, man, he knows people, right? And he knows that you'll feel justified in what you're doing and, and you'll gladly do it. You'll gleefully do it. And he's laughing, just laughing, laughing because he knows what's really going on in the spiritual realm. You're sowing a bad seed. Because you don't have the right to do people wrong. That'll preach. (laughs) You don't have the right to do people wrong. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You don't have the right to do them wrong. The world will tell you that you have every right to. Your feelings will even tell you that. 
But the word of God doesn't tell you that. There's nowhere that says you have the right to do people wrong. Because vengeance belongs to the Lord. So he vindicates you as he sees fit, but he does give you promises. Like the weapons formed against you are not going to prosper. And that you, you can condemn every tongue that rises up in judgment against you. You have power. That's power to condemn. Let's look up condemn. And I'm going to start praying for you guys. I'm going to get worked up in a minute. What does condemn mean? Why did I spell that wrong? Hold on. (laughs) My phone is tripping. I think I'm moving too fast. You know what? No, my phone is just tripping. Hold on. Let's go to Mary and watch her. Condemn. To declare to be reprehensible, wrong, or evil, usually after weighing evidence and without reservation, to sentence guilty, to convict, ooh, like that, to, to a judge unfit for use or, or cons- consumption, to, comp- to declare convertible to public use under the right of eminent domain. No, that's not it. But, I mean, we do have eminent domain, which I highly suggest you look up because we have dominion over the earth. So that's a whole different topic. I'm not going to get into that tonight. Um, To pronounce guilty, to convict, sentence, <laughs> to doom. So we have the right to to condemn, right, every time that rises against us in judgment. So there's no, it's not a coincidence that these are legal terms that are being used, right? Rise against us in judgment. Judgment is a legal term. When you when a when a judge makes a judgment, the judge has heard the case, right? Weighed all the evidence and made a conviction or a acquittal. That's what judges do. So, well, criminal judges. A family judge hears the testimony, the evidence, and they make a determination as to what the outcome is going to be. So that's what a judgment, and so that's what the judgment is, is the outcome that the judge determined after hearing the testimony and all of the evidence. And so a person can use their tongue to make a judgment against you, right? So they've basically played judge and jury and they've made their decision and declared something over you, right? But you have the right to condemn it. You can deem it unfit. You can doom it. It's unfit for use, right? So if if you condemn a judgment, that means the judgment won't stick. The judgment, it, it, it has no power now if you condemn a, a judgment. And you have the right to do that as a believer. So one, you know, it don't matter what they're trying. It does not matter. That weapon that's trying to injure or harm or destroy you, it's not going to prosper. And then whatever they're saying, you condemn that. So you basically disable it. You render it useless. This is your vindication. This is how you fight in the spirit. This is this is what you do instead of matching energy, right? Tit for tat. 
Don't start now on me. You don't have to do that. There's ways that you can deal with people. God would practically tell you how to deal with people. You know, sometimes he'll tell you not to deal with them at all, to ignore them and say nothing. <laughs> sometimes you have to speak to them, and God will give you the verbiage to shut them down politely. But he will give you the practical steps because your, your intent, you got to look at your intent. That I'm trying to disable, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to operate in peace. So I'm going to, God's going to give me the verbiage so I can dismantle and disable what you're trying to do politely, right? But most importantly, I'm going to always pray for you. So we have to remember when people are coming against us, what, what do we practically do? One, one, first, you need to know that whatever, if, if they're trying to do something for your harm or trying to form a weapon against you, it's not going to prosper. Two, you better condemn those, those, those lying tongues, those judgmental tongues. You better condemn them. Three, be mindful of your seeds. That's something that Terrence really made me really like mindful when we were going through pure hell at a period of our lives. And Terrence kept saying, we got to be mindful of our seeds. And when I tell you there's things that we could have done to really put an end and put a stop to things, and Terrence said the intent wasn't right. So the seed would, 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 would be sour. So we didn't do it. We just trusted God. And it seemed like things were going from bad to worse. We, we were very much feeling like two Jobs. <laughs> it, was, it was feeling very Joby. But we trusted God, and things improved. Things got better, and even the things that are lingering—that's already like God has already made promises that that's already like that's a dead situation, <laughs> you know. So it's like it doesn't even have the effect that it used to. Like we've we've watched the promises of God unfold in our lives, and you have to understand that you have those same promises. Don't get caught. Don't don't get caught up, and don't let the devil trick you into sowing bad seeds on account of a person, a person who that who who ain't even your fight. He, he's the fight. He's just using him as like like a a, a figurehead. They're the mascot, right? They're the logo, but they're not the company. Imagine trying to fight the the the, the logo of a company. <laughs> the logo just represents the company. It just gives you uh, the company visibility. And that's what you got to see. When people are acting a certain way and they're trying it with you, that's the devil's logo. They're representing him, but they are not him. So you pray for them. You ask God how to practically deal with them, but you, you fight that devil. Because that's who's at work. You see that marionette rolling up on the scene. You don't just cut the strings. and No, you fight the, the puppeteer that's controlling it. And be mindful of your seeds because we are seeing turnarounds quick. I, at least Terrence and I, we've, we've been seeing some quick harvest. Terrence had a situation in December that bugged both of us. It really ticked me off if, if we're being, you know, let's keep it 100. But I just prayed about the situation because I don't like people messing with Terrence. Terrence is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. He loves, genuinely loves people. Don't mean people no type of harm. Always likes to leave people or situations better 
than how he found them, has people's best interests at heart. And so I don't like people purposely trying to mess with him. And a situation like that occurred in, in December. And it really, really angered me, really ticked me off. But I prayed about it. I put it in the hands of the Lord and I took my peace because I was like, okay, Lord, I, I see what's going on. But I already know that's not going to, it's not going to fit. It's not going to stick. It's not going to prosper. And just today, <laughs> just today, we found out some things about somebody involved in that situation where it's not going to end well for that person. I don't wish that on them at all. It is what it is. Like things, God has set laws into the earth where people will take care of themselves. People, when people do things to you, right, when they do evil to you, they're not really doing evil to you. They're doing evil to them because you're the righteousness of God. You're a child of God. You're royalty. You're a peculiar people. You are a kingdom citizen. So it's laughable when they try you. It's laughable when they try to come against you. It's laughable when they form a weapon. They have not formed a weapon against you that will prosper. They have sown a seed against themselves that will spring forth a harvest. And you have to know that. Pity them. Feel sorry for them because what they're trying against you is not going to work. But it is going to work against themselves. Because weapon forms against you shall not prosper as a righteous person, right? But you will reap what you sow. Catch what I'm saying. So here they are doing dirt and sowing bad seeds, trying to form a weapon against you that's not going to prosper, but the seed that they sown will reap a harvest. So it, 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 it's very much giving when Hammond set the gallows for Mordecai and was hung on them himself. It's very much giving that the very sword that Saul was chasing David with, he fell and died on it. It's not going to prosper. Those weapons, it's not going to work. But they've now set themselves up. The very thing that they're trying to do to you, it will happen to them at their own hand. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to try to vindicate yourself. You just do what God tells you to do with good intentions. Now, I'm going to show them that they get. <laughs> no, that's not what we do. That's not how we move. That's how the world moves. We're not the world. We're the body of Christ. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. We are the kingdom citizens. We are the representatives of heaven here in the earth. That's who we are. We are royal people, a royal priesthood. So we don't act like the peasants. Let the peasants be the peasants. That's not us. That's not what we're going to do. That's not how we roll because we know the truth. So one of the difficulties being in the world but not of the world is not picking up the world's traits and characteristics because we're saturated in it. But we have to be true to who we are and who we serve because guess what? Those good seeds, you're going to reap those too. All the opportunities Terrence and I even had to, to do to sow some really bad seeds, but to really eliminate that situation, <laughs> we didn't. But the good seeds that we sow, we've seen, we've seen the harvest. 
We've seen the grace that God has given us. We've seen the favor because we show grace. So be mindful of that. Don't, don't focus on the now. Because the now is going to be the future in a nanosecond. <laughs> Less than that. And God could turn things around just like that. I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to understand the power that you possess. I want you to understand the benefits that you have access to as a child of God. Quit allowing this world to beat you up. Jesus already defeated the world. He already defeated the enemy. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. More. Come on. You're not See how he don't just give us what? Like you're more than a conqueror. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. You don't have the right to be downtrodden, busted, and disgusted. You, you don't have the right to do it because the power that you possess, the wisdom that you have access to, the protection that you have through the king of the universe. If God before you, who could be against you? We're still waiting for the answer. <laughs> Ooh. So if you've been feeling beat up tonight, hopeless, downtrodden, defeated, I want you to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, look in the mirror and say, I am a child of the king. That is not, I'm not partaking in that. That's not my heritage. I was born to win. God has a plan for me with an expected end. Not for my harm. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And I got the power to condemn tongues that rise against me in judgment. My God will vindicate me because vengeance is his. And he'll vindicate me how he sees fit. And he's not going to leave nor forsake me. And his word says, if I ask, I'm going to receive. So all I got to do is position myself to receive all that God has for me. I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake off the negativity, the bad mentality. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to think on the things that are lovely, the things that are true. I'm going to get into my word and see that my my my, my Bible heroes, my, my Bible brothers and sisters in Christ who've done this thing, who God chose to use their lives as an example, have gone through tough times too. And guess what? They overcame. These are not fictional characters. These people are real. They still are alive. The ones who serve God. And God is no respecter of persons. He did it for them. He's going to do it for me. And they face every possible situation, jail, False accusations, being chased, having the whole world against you, doing the wrong thing, but then later on getting it right. Like they faced it all and they all overcame. And I'm going to overcome too because that's what I do. I don't have any quit in me. Can't nobody take nothing from me. I can only give it away and I'm not going to do that. I'm not giving away 
my inheritance. I'm not giving away my 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 purpose. I'm not giving away my peace. I'm not giving away my strength. So today, take it back. Take it all back and get out of that slump, get out of that negativity, that stinking thinking, that doubt, that worry. Get out of that and get into faith tonight because the word of God is true and it's teaching us. That's all we got to study. We got to put all this stuff together because the enemy, he tries to trip us up and he tries to trick us. And no, he's not doing that. We're not going to allow that. So let's do a collective prayer, and then I'm going to unmute, get names, and pray because there's quite a few of you with your hand up, and I want to get everybody. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and we are so grateful and thankful, Father God, for for your wisdom, for your love, Father God, for your purpose, for the design that you have for our individual lives and even our lives collectively as a body of Christ. You're always looking out for us, Father God, and speaking to us and loving us despite us, showing us grace and mercy, Father God, and we just are so grateful. We're so grateful, Lord, and we just lift your name on high. We just give you glory, Father God, all the glory. Lord, help us to (coughs) walk in faith. Help us to tap into the power that you've given us. Help us to consume your word and to believe it, to believe it. Help us to be mindful of the seeds that we sow and help us to remember who the fight is against. It's not against flesh and blood. Well, help us to forgive those who come against us who attack us, who hurt us. Help us to pray for them. Help us to bless them. And to be examples of the love that you have for us, the love that we possess. And Lord, tonight, speak to your people. Give them what they need. Give them the strength that they need, the hope Help them to rise in their faith, Father God. Help them to yield to the spirit and to kill the flesh, to die daily to the fleshly desire and the the flesh screaming out and to hear the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just love and honor you. (coughs) Help me to decrease and you to increase and give your people what they need tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> Let me give me some water. Terrence is back, but he is going to eat his dinner. So he might join us in a bit. <clears throat> Let me get my notepad. All right, so I'm going to unmute, get your name. Kind of like what, what Randy does on Wednesdays. Uh, pray for you and then go to the next person. So give me a minute here, get things started. All right. First caller is 502-548. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Tanisha. It's Greg from Kentucky. Hey, Greg. How are you tonight? 
I'm great. Missing Terrence. Telling yeah, myself, hey. He just popped in. I'm going to tell him real quick because I think he wants to speak to you. He put him last time. And he's so sad that he missed you. Hold on real quick. Okay, he said he'll pop in later because he's, I guess, starving. But he'll pop in after eating a little something. But I'm going to mute you. I'm going to pray for you. Let me make sure I put your name down. Okay, so give me a minute here. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for Greg, Father God. Thank you for just the the path illumination and for him to really see things very clear. Um, It's almost like you've been at a crossroads with something. Um, And sometimes we're on a crossroads with things that are not. I mean, everything to us, whenever you're at a crossroads, it, it feels very major because you're like, okay, should I take this this approach or should I take that approach? And sometimes we'll say, okay, I think I'm going to do this, and then immediately, like, it just doesn't pan out, doesn't work out the way that we want to. So then we know for a fact, like, okay, thought this was it, but no, this is, I'm going to take that approach. And I see you at a crossroads and the approach being the approach that you have to take being very clear, like God illuminating it. And sometimes we think when God illuminates things, right, when God makes things clear, we think that it's like immediate, like kind of like a yellow brick road, like, oh, okay, follow the yellow brick road. But sometimes it does take a couple of trying something and then like it not working, it not working for us to realize what the path is, right? So I see God illuminating the path, but what's going to get to it making, what's, the steps that it's going to take to make it very clear might not look the way you thought it was going to look. Sometimes it does take things not working out for you to say, okay, that I tried that and that. That didn't work, so I know it's this one because this is the only one. This is the, the, the last one. But it's still God's way of steering you to where you need to be and then making it clear. So now you're like, okay, try this, that. That didn't work, so this is the only one left. So I know for a fact that this is the one, and I have peace about it. I don't feel apprehension. I don't feel like it's going to fail too, so this is what I'm going to do. So that's what I see for you. Like you're at a crossroads, but got illuminating the path. But again, what it's going to take for it to be illuminated might not, you know, be what you think, but it doesn't matter as long as it's illuminated and then you know because there's just a confidence that you have to have. There's an assurance that you have to have. You know, that's why the word talks a lot about our belief in our minds, because it's important that our minds are right, you know, like to say, okay, this, that, and the other. Just like when Terrence and I <clears throat> bought our home, like we, we knew what city, but we still were trying like other cities and we, we, we knew that it had not been built yet, but yet we still were looking at pre-loved and all this kind of stuff. So it took, it took quite a, it, it took a, a lot of kind of bumping our heads 
<laughs> to us to to finally it to uh, like really illuminate, even though we had prior knowledge of some of the characteristics, we just didn't have like the belief, like the faith in that. So we were still trying like other CDs and types of builds and all that kind of stuff, and just like okay, this is not working. This didn't work. This didn't work. This didn't work. And then that last one that we saw that was not in the city that we were supposed to be in, the builder's agent was like, hey there's some bigger lots up the street in blah, blah city. And we were like, blah, blah city's right up the street. And he's like, yeah, it's like five minutes up the road. And that was the city that God told us that we were going to be in. And we were like, okay, like we knew, like it illuminated it. Like, yeah, this is definitely the city that we're supposed to be in. And then the rest is history. So sometimes that's how the illumination comes because there's just, you know, it doesn't work out here. It doesn't work out there. It doesn't work. And then you're, it's like, it, you just get like an aha moment. Like, yeah, this is it. So what would we thank you for that? Let that be done in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Next caller is 610-969. Who are we speaking with? Shalom. Shalom. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed, but I just want to tell you guys that last week was for me. So in case you was wondering why that message was having to go on, that was for me. So I thank you so much for that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because that, that was a really powerful message last week. And, yep, it just went on and on. God was just, like, flowing. And I was just like, wow. So I'm glad that that was for you. And, uh, yeah, God is good because that was a really needy message. <laughs> yes. And the last time I spoke to y'all, Brother Terrence was used again for correction. So I just love the way the Lord flows through y'all and how um, I always say it, but I just never get over it. And um, it's such a, a powerful thing to be to be corrected, you know, course correction, you know, especially in the prophetic. It, it just hits, you know, so... Just want to let you know that because, you know, I could be catching it. You know, he, I guess he kind of goes off preaching under the anointing, but I'd be catching it. I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, Papa, <laughs> you know. So thank you so much, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. All right, I'm going to mute you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, yes. thank you right now for Lisa, Lord. We just thank you uh, for the growth um, to, to, to be a, a giant, a, a spiritual giant. Um, in, in order to be a giant in things, it takes a lot of breakdown, just like in the natural, right? If we want big muscles, we, 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 it, we, it's a process of tear down, build up, tear down, build up, tear down, build up, tear down, build up. But we're so grateful, Father God, that when you tear us down, you don't destroy. You just, you, you take out the things that don't need to be there and replace it with the things that we need. And, and in turn, as we're watching this process of this building, shaping and molding, we, we grow stronger. Um, so I thank you, Father God, for her humble spirit. Um, it takes uh, a great deal of humility to even accept correction. Um, some people, they become offended or they become de- defensive. There's all sorts of emotions that rise up. But uh, for a person to accept correction, it takes a, a deep love uh, for you, Father God. It takes a deep longing to want to do what's right, to want to be pleasing in your sight. And it takes a, a great deal of humility. Um, these are all things that are necessary and needed um, to, to be a leader, uh, to be a, a person who you use 
to uh, build people and to, to, to help people and to get them where they need. We, our leaders need humility. They need to be able to be corrected, and they need to be able to understand the process of what feels like being destroyed but really is a teardown for the purpose of a buildup, just like a muscle. That's how muscles get strong. So I thank you, Father God, for the growth in her. Um, we thank you, Father God, for the, the leadership in her, that she won't cower from leadership, that she will embrace it mm-hmm. and uh, allow you to use her as you see fit for the edification of the body. And, and people need, they, they need her type of leadership. It's because so many uh, in the body of Christ, or those who represent the body of Christ, rather, are, are trying to do this cookie-cutter um, leadership, and, and really we need the diversity. Um, but we need to see, Father God, that you, you use who you use. We even see it with the disciples. You know, like Peter was a complete hothead. He was always asking questions and all that. And, 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 and we see uh, how John was and Matthew. There's just everybody was different. We see how Paul was. Um, these are all different types of leaders. They weren't all doing the same thing or acting the same way and, or, or even had the same personality. They were all different. And so I thank you, Father God, that you're using her uh, in leadership, that you will use her in leadership, and that people need to see her and the type of leader that she is and the type of personality that she has. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Next caller is 719-209. Who am I speaking with? This is Ashley. Hey, Ashley. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad you called in. I'm going to mute you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, just thank you right now for Ashley, Father God, for the building, the build up um, and the building of hope. And, and her. Uh, th- there's a movie called Hope Floats, right? I don't quite remember what it's about. But I know part of it is about a lady who's, like, starting over. You know, let me look it up, because that's just what came to me, hopefully. It's an old movie. I think Sandra Bullock, I think, is in that movie. Hope Lopes. Okay, so it's about a lady has to choose between her morals and her heart after her husband divorces her and a charming young man who her daughter disapproves of comes back into her life. Okay, so I do remember that about a lady who had to pick up the pieces basically after her divorce. But um, that's what I'm, that's what immediately came to me, hope floats, right? I love that term, hope floats. Because a lot of times we we will face things in life where we feel like we're sinking. Like it feels like we have a slab of concrete tied to our ankle and we're in the water and we're we are sinking fast. Right? You put some concrete on your ankle, you're not gonna it's not gonna be a slow sink. It's gonna be a fast sink. But hope floats. Like hope makes you float. And I see you going through 
a situation, right? Not a fun one, but God really putting hope in you and that hope really drowning out all of the emotions that come along with the situation that you're facing. Sometimes situations are just not pleasant. That's, you know, it, it's not. Sometimes it's, it's emotionally and mentally draining and taxing, but I see God filling you with hope. So it's almost like you float out of it. <laughs> you can rebuild. You can rebuild. And this is something that people have been doing since the beginning of time of rebuilding. And, and a lot of times we get comfortable in situations. We, we, that's just the nature of people. People like to be comfortable. You know, you look at how people shape and mold their lives. They typically do it with comfort in mind. They want a job with a comfortable salary or above a comfortable salary. salary. They want to live in a comfortable neighborhood. They want to drive a comfortable car. They want to sleep in a comfortable bed. And so we tend to do everything around comfort and avoid things that are not comfortable and even situations. We'll avoid situations that will cause us discomfort. But sometimes the situations that we have to face bring discomfort with it. And so I really see you rising above the discomfort with hope and God filling you with hope so you can float. So you can float. I remember when I learned how to swim the first go-round, I was going through a very rough situation. I was going through a transition that was not easy, that was not fun, right? And God told me at that time to take swim lessons, which I did. I was terrified of water because I'd almost drowned twice, once as a child, once as an adult. No, both times as a child, because once I was 10 and the other time I was 16, I want to say. Um, so I had a, a, a fear of water. Loved, loved the water, loved the sea, loved the beach and all that, but was afraid to like be in it at a certain level. Like beach water, you can get in at your ankles or whatever. I was cool with that, but like getting in the pools and all that kind of stuff, terrified. Um, so I took a class called Adult Swimming for Adults Terrified of Water. And first day we put our face in the water, it was very scary. Almost had a panic attack. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think I was going to like the class. You know, we're learning techniques and all that kind of stuff. I'm still scared. But one day we learned how to float. And I remember the instructor, it was her, she was really good. Her and like another instructor, they were teaching me how to arch my back and all that in the water and how to hold my arms and all this to float, how to put my head, like which way to put it and all that. And next thing I know, I'm in the middle of the pool. That's taller than me. And it was the most exhilarating feeling. Like, I fell in love with floating. It felt so good. It felt so weightless. Like, one thing about floating, you feel weightless. And that's what the, the whole floating means. Like, you're going to be weightless. Because a lot of times you'll face situations, and it puts weight on you, right? Because sometimes people say, oh, you're down in the dumps, or you're, oh, I'm feeling heavy today, or this situation is heavy. And there's all these words that come along with when you don't feel good or when you're facing things that that are likened to weight because it is weighty when you're going through rough times it's it feels like a weight because even the lord talks about exchanging right your your heavy burden for his light yoke so there is a feeling of weight being on you when you're dealing with tough situations but when you float you feel weightless you literally don't feel your weight when you're in that water floating. 
And so I see God filling you with hope. Hope floats. So where even though the weight, it's there, but you won't be carrying it because you're too busy floating. You're too busy rising to the top. You've exchanged it. You're, you're going to give it. Here you go, Lord. It's heavy. I don't want it. Give me that light yoke any old time. Give it to me. I'll take it. Hope floats. That's your word. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Watch the movie, too. I think there's there's something in that movie for you because even the movie came to me. And I haven't seen that movie in, um, gosh, when did that movie even come out? That movie came out in 1998. Okay? So I was 19 when that movie came out. So I have not seen that movie in a very long time. But that's what came to me. The the floating, actual floating, and hope floats. I might have to watch it, too, because I, I legit don't remember everything. I just remember a lady going through a divorce and having to kind of pick up the pieces of her life. Um, so that's your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get to our next one. 251744. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Venetia, it's Jamil. How you doing tonight? Hey, Jamil, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing really good. You called him by yourself tonight. <laughs> I'm glad you called in. You got something. Terrence is here. He said he got something for you. Look at that. All right, Jamil, we're going to meet right. you and pray for you. Go ahead, Terrence. Since you, you, Terrence is here now. He got something for Jamil. You gotta blow the horn. We <laughs> <laughs> roll out the red carpet. Parents has arrived. Hear ye, hear ye. You did a fool too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just had something I was trying to get on. But, uh, well, we thank you for Jamel, Father God. We thank you for uh, Perilous. Can you look up that word? Perilous? Definition. All right, full of danger or risk. Mm-hmm. Perilous. Like uh, when I heard the word perilous, um, and, and understanding was the danger and risk. Mm-hmm. God is illuminating um, the perilous times because we're in perilous times, and so many people are at danger and at risk based on. The, the the culture that that they yield to there's there's a particular culture um that's that's just running rapid that so many people are are yielding to because it appears and and, and this is what it looks like it appears to be cool it appears to be a vibrant happy uh solidified, um, knowing, proud place. But it's a perilous situation. It's a perilous time that that we're in because so many people are being deceived because they don't want to accept the will of God and they are justifying it by wanting to do their own will in, in what they are willing to do and, and discount and discredit God's will altogether. And when you're when you're in that state and people are in this state, 
there into perilous times. So God is, is like, I seem like ramping it up like to where you are, are identifying with the times that you're in. And so like you, you're going to have a disgust, like you're going to get disgusted with it. And, and the disgust is, is of God because you got to hate, hate one, love one. <laughs> you know, like we, we can't be, be in the world and love the ways of the world, period, and then love God. We got to hate the world and love God. So God is really teaching you how to be in the world and not of it. He's going to illuminate the things and the tricks and the the perilousness of of this world to you at a very high rate, right? It's equivalent to like water coming out of a fire hose. You know, you see the fireman standing up there, and then you're like, okay, why has he got another guy behind him, then another guy holding the hose, and then by six one guy, and the water hadn't come out yet. Because they're they're prepping because they know what's coming. They know the force that their water brings uh, behind it. And so people have to be in position to control the flow. And so that's how a lot of stuff is going to come at you, like like the water through a fire hose. But the Holy Spirit is going to teach you how to control the flow. God is preparing you. And have prepared you with everything and equipped you with everything that you need to get through it. So when the enemy comes and tells you, uh, you ain't going to make it, this is too much, oh, man, how are you going to do this? All you do is just, is you, you, you call it for what it is. It's a lot because God is going to tell you exactly what it is that you need to do, what's going on, and how you need to do it. Anything opposite of that, you got to put it up under your feet. But um, just just get ready. But it's part of your growth. It's part of your development for what God has prepared for you because so many people are connected to so many people's prosperity in the Lord is connected to you going through this. And so don't don't feel like you're being singled out. It's just part of the assignment. And we all have an assignment. And it's all at the end of the day for God to get the glory. So he's going to give you peace in your heart. And just know that you've been provided and equipped with everything that you need to get through it. And so we just thank God for your strength, your obedience, your endurance, and your faithfulness. In him, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you for Jamel. Lord, we thank you for the crowning. Um, I see you, Jamel, like uh, being crowned. A lot of the time, um, in the natural, right, a, a king wears a crown. And we saw, we see in, in, in the word of God how the king was like a, Kings were anointed, future kings. Look at David. Right? David was anointed the king as a shepherd. Um, but it wasn't until later that he actually ascended the throne um, and likely got his crown. 
but I see God crowning you. So it's like like you're 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 coming into a new phase of who you are, right? Because David was still David, but he had learned life lessons along the way, the journey from becoming from a shepherd to a king. And so every all the experience that he had helped him as as a king, helped him know how to how to to rule and reign over his kingdom and over the the people, God's people. And so I see you like entering into a different phase of your life. And some people will say like it's your different. Well, yeah. You know, even if if you've ever worked corporate and if you start off as an entry level job and then you 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 know, you end up moving up at the within the company as a, a vice president or a president. Yeah, you're different, but you're still the same because you have different responsibilities. You have you've grown. You know, a lot of the times with a company, they promote you into a position that they already see in you. They don't hope that you can fit the bill. They already see all the characteristics and qualities that they know that you're a good fit for that particular position. And so I see you really like God crowning you. So you're entering into a, a, a new phase of who you are. And, and people will try to say, like, oh, he switched up and that kind of thing. But that doesn't matter. You didn't switch up. You're, you're leveling up, right? And we should all be leveling up because the steps of the righteous are ordered. The steps, yeah. steps go up, right? So, it, so when people say, you know, people, when they say things like that, they just reveal the type of heart that they possess, possess and they reveal how they view you, and they reveal that they boxed you because we should all be leveling up. I shouldn't be the same Tanisha next month that I am today because I should be learning and growing. You know, just like plants, they grow. If you never chop a, a plant, they'll, they'll no telling how high they'll get, but we prune them, we trim them, right? Because things that grow, they grow up. They grow up. Look at it. Even children, right? When we, when we, our children, they say we did what? We grow up. You put seed in the ground, it comes up out the dirt, and it continues to grow up, 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 up. So there's nothing wrong with leveling up. It's just an indication that you, you've got life in you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this next stage. We thank you for the crowning Father God. We thank you for him seeing himself the way you see him, not where he's at now, but where he is going. David had the, the, the ability to know where he was going. So even if being a shepherd wasn't fun or he didn't necessarily enjoy it, he could overcome it and just bide his time because he already knew where he was going and he already knew how you viewed him despite what people in the, how people on the earth viewed him. Because the people that were in charge of him, the people who were, who were uh, training him, the people that were his family, they felt he was worthy to just be a shepherd. But he knew that the God of the universe felt he was worthy to be a king. And so help Jamel see that it doesn't matter where people put him or place him, for him to see himself where he's going, where you place him, where you decree to declare for him to be. And, and let him wear his crown proudly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ooh, that spoke to me. That was good. All right. Two two five four five four. Who are we speaking with? 
Hey, y'all. This is Karen with, um, Lord, I'm still thinking I'm at work. But, hey, Karen in Louisiana. <laughs> hey, Karen, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Great, great. Doing good. Thank you for calling in. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm mute you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Karen. We thank you for the the, the, the eye. It's like God has given you insight where you can see sight within sight, right? That's what insight is when you think about the word insight. So you can see within what you can see. Because we can only see things with our natural eye from a very surface level. We don't have laser eyes, right? We don't have uh, like uh, that movie Terminator, uh, how when we saw from the Terminator's viewpoint, he had all these other things that he saw in addition to regular sight. And that's how insight is. Insight gives us the ability to see beyond the surface. We can see what's really at play, what's really at work. We can see what's underneath um, the surface of things. And I see God giving you, like, the eye, an eye for things, right? Because a lot of times people have an eye for things. Some people have an eye for, like, art or an eye for um, antiques or whatever. They, they just have an eye for it where they can go to a thrift store and say, that's valuable, you know, and it looks all dusty and dirty. And it's something from, like, the 1800s of some kingdom owned it and all that, and they have an eye for it. And I see you really having an eye for truth and an eye for inner workings, an eye for what's going on beyond the surface, and God is going to use you um, to, to call things what they are. Like, I know what you dressed it up as, but this is what it is. So even though you made it look all good and spray a little perfume on it, make it smell right, what's going on under the surface is this. Um, so that people could take the appropriate action, so that people know what's really going on. It's just like even when you vote, right? They have in California, they have propositions um, that that you vote on, and a lot of times it has a surface like vote no on Prop 55 if you don't want our teachers to, you know, not get an increase in pay, and they get you all hyped up. So, you're, yeah, I'm voting no on that because I, I want the teachers to get an increase in pay. But then if you look beyond the surface of what they put on the forefront, not only does this prop ensure that teachers get more pay, but it also ensures that the politicians get more pay and it's going to take away from this and then it's going to tear down playgrounds so that they have the money instead of using the money to maintain the playgrounds, it's paying these people. Like you got to see what's really going on because they just marketing one thing. Yeah, if you're for teachers, vote no on prop, blah, blah, because you want them to get more money. And you're like, that's all you think. Oh, yeah, I want them to get more money. And then you vote. Everybody votes on it. And the teachers get more money. Hooray, yay. And then all the playgrounds get tore down. And, and all these things are happening. And you're like, wait, what's going on? And they're like, y'all voted on that. When you voted no on prop, blah, blah. Or yes on prop, blah, blah. No, no, you said that was so the teachers could get more money. Yeah, the teachers got more, mo- more money, but this is, was also tucked into that proposition. And nobody knows because people don't tend to read it, right? And that's something very basic that we still can have the knowledge of, but that's kind of like that the, the, you're going to have the insight, but only you're going to be able to see what all the other stuff is that's going on. Not like a proposition where if you took the time to read it, you would know what's going on. But most people don't take the time to read it. But in situations that you're going to have inside on is like in, inside in is, is not where you can read it because they're, they're, they're literally hiding it. They're putting one thing at, at the face and what's going on is something totally different <coughs> underneath the surface. 
but God's going to use you to let people know what's going on. Like, hey, I know it looks like this and it smells like this, but this is what it really is. This is what's going on under the surface. So if you if you get into dealings with this person or if you agree to this situation or whatever the case may be, this is what you're really getting yourself into. And some people will heed your warnings and some people will not. But guess what? Even the people who do not heed your warnings, what you say is going to come to pass. They're going to see it for what it is, and then they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, Karen was right. And so then the next time you, you know, say something for what it is, they're going to, they're going to take heed. Say, oh, no, I'm not. Last time she said that, it was what she said, even though there was no proof of it. So, no, I trust her. I, I trust God is, is, is speaking through her. Because when God gives you insight, especially so that you can warn others, it's, it's for their good, it's for their protection. And so if people find themselves unprotected after you've given warning, then it's not that God didn't protect them, it's that they didn't take the protection, right? So Lord, we just thank you for the insight um, and, and that you have assigned people to her, assigned people to her that need to have this information and Lord, soften their hearts and give them an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Let it be done in Jesus' name, amen. Next call is 321-230. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Aunt Elise. How are you? I'm good. How are you tonight? I'm doing okay. Awesome. I'm glad you called in. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Lord, we just thank you for Aunt Elise, Father God. We thank you for the, for the books, um, the, the books that are in her. Like I see you, see you writing books. Um, I love books. I'm a bookworm. I come from a family of bookworms, and you know, there's a saying that says, if you if you want to hide things from people, put it in a book. Uh, that lets you know that. Books are powerful. Um, they, they have powerful information. And, and a lot of people don't like to read. They would prefer to just have somebody for them and kind of regurgitate it and give them the good parts. But a lot of, there's a lot of information tucked in books. Um, but I see you writing books because books are powerful. Books are necessary. Books are needed. Some of my favorite books to read are autobiographies um, and biographies because they're just so unique. Everybody has a different life. Everybody. We, we, we're living all on the same planet, different time frames, different social economic backgrounds, you know, from different countries, all this, and it gives us a very unique experience. So I love reading about people's lives um, and, and the things that they face, how they dealt with it, the lessons that they learned, um, the conclusions that they've drawn, I love it. I love reading biographies and anybody in autobiographies, but I see God using you to write books um, so that people have access to pertinent information. Uh, so Lord, I just thank you for the books in her. Uh, let them come out of her. Um, let her know how to go about getting them published, uh, whether it be actual physical copies or um, internet or both. Um, but but give her the words, Father God. Let let everyone be anointed. Uh, let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Books. That excites me because I love books. Uh, next is eight two eight nine eight nine. Who am I speaking with? This is Jennifer from North Carolina. Hey Jennifer, how are you tonight? I am wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna mute you and pray for you. Lord, we thank you right now. 
uh, for Jennifer, Father God, we thank you for for the overwhelming, the overwhelming blessings, Father God, um, and unexpected blessings. Like I see you being in, in, a, in a, a place of humility and just um, kind of accepting things for what they are, which is a, a great place to be. Um, and I see God just overwhelming you with blessings um, and, and unexpected ones. It's one thing when you're expecting it. You know, it's another thing when God just, boom, just drops a blessing on you. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> where'd that come from? You know, I wasn't expecting that. I was content. I was cool. And, and I see him doing it because you, 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 because of your humility, because you're not seeking it per se, um, that you, you, you're in a place where you're just accepting. Where you're like, Lord, I accept, I accept the things that you have for me. I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to accept it and do the best that I can where you've placed me, the people that are around me, and God just dropping unexpected blessings on you and overwhelming blessings. So, Lord, we just thank you for the overwhelming and unexpected blessings um, in Jennifer's life, Father. God, let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Ooh, I like that. Next is 334590. Who are we speaking with? Jayla. Okay, you know, we already knew that. <laughs> hey, Jayla, how are you tonight? I'm doing okay. How are you all? We're doing good. All right, glad you called in. We're going to mute you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for Jayla, Father God. We thank you for the coming into her own um, and really rediscovering who she is. Um, a lot of times we think we know who we are, and we kind of do, but we don't all the way. Um, and, and a lot of times certain situations in life kind of bring it out of us. And I see you rediscovering some parts of you that have been dormant, that have uh, – they haven't been used or utilized, and, and stuff from, like, childhood. Because we go through things in life um, – if, if, a lot of times when we look back at our lives, we really kind of understood who we were and the type of people that we were designed to be as a child. Mm-hmm. And then we, we grow in all this knowledge, right? And then things are kind of quenched out of us and, or we take it as, oh, that was just childhood fantasy. But really that was, we were tapping in at a very early age of who we are. And I see you rediscovering you. So the, the part, there's some, been some parts of you that life has kind of drowned out and life has, has, has caused it to go dormant and God really bringing it out mm-hmm. to where you're like, oh, that wasn't just some childhood fantasy. That's, that's really who I am. Um, and you really just operating in it and embracing it. So, Lord, we just thank you for that, the rediscovering and that Jayla is going to really understand Jayla. And she's going to really just embrace and love on herself. Um, and let that be done in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to cut me off because, yeah, we're out of time. I know there's still a few others that have their hand up. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to everybody. Um, but we know that you got what you needed tonight. We love you. Make sure you call back in to Randy's show at 8.45, get into the queue, the number for that show. Um, Let me pull it up. It's 319-527-6737. Call back 8.45, hit one, get in the queue. Randy typically prays over everybody on Wednesdays after giving his word. 
Till next time, we love you all. Good night. <laughs>